but he was watching on the news and, and seeing that folks are starting to say Merry Christmas more and they're feeling like they can actually say that. It was interesting because my wife and I yesterday, we were actually um, in Coles and we found some of the employees behind the register as we were doing a couple of transactions. We're actually going out of their way to say Merry Christmas when we were, when we were done. Never seen, never, never had that experience before. Um, Walmart, I also noticed the same thing as I was walking out. They have some, some greeters by the door and they went out of their way to say, oh, have a, have a Merry Christmas. I was actually walking down the aisle and there was a, um, a worker there that was in the cleaning up some stuff and putting it on the shelf and as I walked by he said are you finding everything that you need and I said yep I'm, I've got everything I need thank you he said well you have a fantastic afternoon and also I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and I was shocked I said wow okay three Merry Christmases in one day that's, 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 that's pretty amazing to, um, to be able to, to, to hear that so I was, I was glad to see that and, and um, glad to hear that, that folks are starting to push you know the importance of saying Merry Christmas because it's, it's it's, it's much bigger than um, I think a lot of folks actually realize. Amen. Um, turn your Bibles into John chapter 15. Okay. John chapter 15, and we're going to start in verse 4. And it's so good to see so many people here today. This is that time of the year with, uh, with the colds and stuff. They start to start to spread. And those of us with little ones, we know that they just kind of go around and they soak everything up like a sponge. And then they spread it <laughs> like, like, like you're squeezing a sponge and they're shaking it all over the place so that the, the germs and everything spread. But we'll just pray that, you know, that, that, that the Lord keeps us safe and that, uh, that the spirit of infirmity gets bound up and that we don't come down with anything that would uh, keep us out from keep us out of church. Amen. Okay, John 15 verse 4. And I'll wait for everyone to get there. Alright, John chapter 15 verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Underline for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You think about what does it mean to, to abide and, and, and the, the Bible also talks about dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and dwelling in, dwelling in God. And you think about, well, how do you, how do you actually get to that, to that point? It doesn't just magically happen. You don't just magically push a button and all of a sudden Jesus is living within you and you're living in, in God. It's much like any kind of relationship that you have with, with, with someone. You don't just wake up one day or just walk down the street and say, hey, you know what, you and I, we're going to go ahead and get married and then you know we, we're going to move in together we're going to do all of this stuff it just doesn't it just doesn't happen that way right you guys <laughs> you guys right it just doesn't it just doesn't happen that way you've got to invest some time and you've got to invest some effort and some energy into into learning about someone because when you make that decision to get married 
then you then there's the decision to well where do you live and so at some point you two you move in together whether it's you guys get your own place or uh, someone moves into somebody else's place but you you've got to get to that point where it's like you know what I know enough about you to take this huge next step to where we're going to actually then get married and we're going to live together and we're going to be together for the rest of eternity as we take the as we take the vows well it's no different than having a relationship with God you cannot just magically have this relationship with God without putting some effort into it so in, in order to be able to abide in God and to have him abide in you as well you've got to be able to put some some you got to be able to put some effort and energy into that so what we're going to look at today which is along the lines of what of what um, knowing how Holy Spirit you know communicates with everyone even as pastor was talking today about messages are going to be about being spiritually prepared where you can't be spiritually prepared unless you actually have a relationship with God so today we're actually going to look at how do you build this relationship with God because like I said it's not as simply just saying I'm going to abide in the Lord and he's going to live within me and I'm going to live with him and then all of a sudden bang you guys have this close walk relationship you have this close relationship together there's time there's an energy that's that's needed three key things that I want to look at today for the the which is kind of the cornerstone of building relationship and building relationship with God is not different much different than building relationship with any person okay there's three key things that I want to look at today desire communication and trust if you have those three things when you're building a relationship with God, it, it'll make things, um, it'll make it, it'll, it'll put you in a place to where you can actually learn more about him, to where you're actually going to be able to communicate with him and spend some time with him and then be able to trust him. So turning your Bibles to Psalm chapter 63, as we look at the first part of building a relationship, which is desire. Okay. Psalm 63. And we're going to start in verse 1. Psalm 63, verse 1. It would probably be helpful if I actually turned there myself. <laughs> Psalm 63, verse 1. O oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you, underline early, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you, underline my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live, I will lift I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as the marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Underline, my my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follow closely, cl- follows close behind you. Underline close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be, por- they shall be a portion for the jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak, li- uh, the, but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Okay. So several different things in that in that scripture there about um, desire and having a, a desire for, for for God. In verse one, early will I seek you. So what's the first thing on your mind when you wake up in the morning? 
Is it I got to hurry up and get out the, the get out the door so I can get to the office? Is it all oh, my stomach is growling and I'm so hungry so I'm going to hurry up and get down to the toaster oven? Is it that my eyelids are so heavy that I got to get a, that huge pot of coffee? I went into the dry cleaner a couple of weeks ago and um, they they know me. I've been there so many times. They know me, so we kind of just talk. And one of the ladies I asked, I said, so "How are you doing today?" She said, "It's too hard to tell because I haven't had my coffee yet." You know? And I said, "But you got you know I said you got your thermos of coffee right there." She said, "You don't." understand Brandon she said I need a full pot before I actually can get can get up and going so we kind of laughed about it there and, and mind you know they open up at six o'clock and I was there at about 6 45 so 45 minutes into it she still hadn't had her, her full pot but 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 what's on your mind when you wake up in, in the morning is the first thing to think about all right Lord what assignment do you are you going to send me on today what is it that you want me to do today who do you want me to speak to what do you want me to say um, today even if you've got a task as you guys have heard me say this many times even if you got a task that's task list of a million items it's always good to just ask God what's on your task list for me because I have found by going through my day that way it makes the day go much smoother doesn't mean that there's not challenges and some headaches that pop up but it makes it much smoother because I can go back to well while these folks here might not be happy with me because I'm not focusing on that level of priority God wants me to focus here and as long as I'm putting my effort here it makes this so much smoother and I can go home at the end of the day and at night time think to myself okay Lord did I do what you wanted me to do today did i please you today and are you smiling on me today and if that's the case then 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 i'm okay all right um also do you take god with you everywhere that you go Okay, like any kind of relationship, when you when you have that desire to to get to know someone, um, whether it's a loved one or whether it's a family member or it's a friend or a coworker, you have to spend some time actually communicating with them. You have to get some spend some time actually knowing them, and you want to actually do that. So you may spend some time. So do you you know take time out of your day to call them? I remember when my wife and I, when um when when we were dating there, like clockwork every night, and she was she's gonna remember this. She's laughing now as I'm talking about this. But like clockwork, we would call each other at nighttime, and we'd be on the phone for several hours. I can't even remember how many hours it was. Okay, a couple hours or so. <laughs> and then after we got off the phone, literally 10 minutes after that, texting. And we start texting the next couple of hours, you know. And now we're going into midnight, and it's like, okay, it's time to go to sleep. And then I'm waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and one of us is either calling the other one or sending a text message to the other one because it was that desire to, to communicate with each other. It was that desire to learn about to learn about each other. So early in the morning, being able to put God first before you go through your day and having him come with you to work. I envision sometimes when I'm driving to work that God is actually sitting right there in my passenger seat right next to me and him and I are just talking. And if my windows weren't tinted, people would probably think I'm crazy because I'd be in there talking out loud. And if you can see in there, you know, sometimes I get animated by like, Lord, this is what's going on. So how do I do this, you know, while I'm driving? And people, if they could see me, they'd probably think I was nuts and went off the deep end. Deep end. But that's okay. I, I, I'm okay with that because I'm getting some direction on what I need to do that day. Um, you guys know me, and I've said this um, um, some messages ago about getting getting fit and being prepared for the battle and getting that spiritual uh, getting that spiritual exercise. And I told you I'm not built for long distance running. Okay, it's just not it's just not my thing. But one of the things that I actually did yesterday for the first time ever was that I actually ran a four uh, a five k yesterday morning. And when I got up that morning, I, I was I was I'm not gonna lie, I was nervous about it, and I was like, I don't know if I can get through this because I've never run this distance before. But I made the decision. 
decision that I was going to bring God with me during that run. So I grabbed my headphones, had my music playing, some good praise and worship music. And the interesting thing was is that as I was running through that, and I have an app that kind of gives me an update as to where I am with, with the pace and everything, there was a, a goal for a certain pace that I was supposed to maintain during that run. And every time it gave me an update, I was shattering that pace over and over and over again. And every time the pace got faster and faster and faster. And as I'm running, I'm sitting there, I'm kind of smiling every time I hear the pace and I can see people looking at me like, who smiles while they're running, you know, as they're driving by? Because I'm smiling, I'm just thanking God. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, this was, I was nervous about this one. You know, this was, was going to be tough. You know, some of the injuries that I was dealing with um, as I was running. And he was able to get me through that. And I just remember when I got home, I just said, wow, that's, that, that's incredible. You know, that, that's amazing what happens when, when God... When you bring God into the picture there. Um, in verse, uh, in ver- the latter parts of verse 1 right there, where it says, In a dry and thirsty land, or uh, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you, in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Okay? What God is looking for is, is people that are going to thirst after him no matter what, like if they were standing in the middle of a desert and there was no water. One of the things I remember yesterday when I was running, uh, towards, when I was getting towards that last mile, last three quarters of a mile, was I said, oh my gosh, I can see the finish line. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, oh Lord, I wish I had some water with me right now because I could just feel my mouth getting dry. And so when I get in the house and everything, I had my water bottle already filled up because I knew the first thing I do, I was going to do when I got back was going to drink some water. And I didn't even drink it through the spot. I took the top off and I'm standing in the kitchen, in the middle of the kitchen, drinking and water's coming down the side of my face and almost drown myself because I forgot to take a break, break and breathe and so I'm like, you know, taking <laughs> some gasping breaths there and finished the whole thing, filled it up and then had another one and afterwards I was like, ah, that just felt, that felt really, really, really good. And that's what God is looking for from us when we talk about building that relationship with him, having that desire, desiring after him as if you were walking in a desert and the only thing that's going to help you is to get that, that, that thirst, is to quench that thirst, Okay. In, in scripture, Jesus talks about, you know, drink of me and, and, and being the everlasting water and, and the living water and anybody that's thirsty, thirsty, come to me. So that's the kind of desire that God wants us, um, that God wants us to have. Turn to the book of Amos, chapter 8. Okay. Amos there is in the middle of Joel and uh, Obadiah. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Okay. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but the hearing of the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. In the day that uh, in that day the fair virgins and strong men shall faint from thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, "As God lives, O Dan, and as as the way of Beersheba, of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise again." Coming up, um, as Pastor was talking earlier today about having that uh, being spiritually prepared. 
if you're not careful and if you're not seeking God and you don't have that desire, you run the risk of not being able to hear God's word. Now, God is not saying that all of a sudden that I'm just going to stop speaking to people and I'm just going to remain silent. He speaks to every single one of us. It's up to us to actually know his voice and it's up to us to actually listen. Elsewhere in scripture, um, Jesus taught, and I don't think I'm going there, but I might be jumping a little ahead. But elsewhere in scripture, Jesus said that my sheep know my voice and they hear me. So it's not necessarily that it's not that God is going to say I'm just going to stop speaking because he also said that I will not return until my word covers the entire earth but if you don't have that desire for him then you run the risk of not being able to hear his voice and then you may start seeking and and it may be too late okay so it's important to have that desire for a closer walk with God now what desire and passion also does is in the face of adversity it allows you to focus not on the problem that you're actually going through but knowing that there's actually going to be some level of resolution that's going to come about because whenever adversity strikes you really don't have much control over what happens in those situations what you have control over though is what how you choose to respond so you can either focus on the adversity you can either focus on the problem or you can focus on God who's actually going to bring you through the actual problem who has the answer and the resolution to whatever issue it is that you're facing the example that I was using yesterday okay were about me uh, going on the four on the 5k run that was a challenging thing for me. I've never in my life have ever done anything, anything like that. But I knew that if I stayed focused during the entire run by listening to the music that, that was playing and just talking to God and just praising him, that I would be able to make it through, uh, make it through that 5K run. Now, I'm sure there's people that are listening to that and saying eh, 5K is not that much. I do it on a daily basis. Well, God bless you for that. That's not my thing. So <laughs> I'm proud of what I did. I'm happy for it. God got me through it. And that's, and, that, and that's okay with me. I don't plan on trying to join the Olympics or anything like that and you know going for 15 mile runs and all of that not 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 with not something that I actually desire okay Another example of where desire helps you overcome obstacles. Um, a couple of months or so ago, I believe it was, um, my wife and I were laying down. We, we were uh, going to sleep. And I kept getting up and I kept kind of tossing and turning. And finally she asked me, she said, are you doing okay? And I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm not, I'm not feeling too hot. And then I was really, really, really nauseous. And so people that know me know that the, the last thing I hate is, is uh, being sick to the point of having to, having to vomit. Um, and I remember I was in the bathroom there and I'm just like oh here we go this is ridiculous you know and and getting that 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 feeling that sickening feeling and then I made a decision there. I said, no, I said, you know what, I'm going to bind up that spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. And so I stood up in the bathroom and I raised my hands and as much energy as I, as I could, as I could muster, which was only um, about a whisper um, in terms of speaking. I just sat there, I stood there and I just started praising God and I started thanking him and I started asking him to heal me and to let his resurrection healing power flow from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And to thank him in advance for getting rid of whatever that nauseous feeling was. I started coming against the spirit of infirmity. I started coming against that spirit of nausea um, and, I, and I just kept doing that and I was in that bathroom for two hours okay not once did I actually throw up then I laid back down in the bed and as I laid there I, I, the, the best way that I could describe it is I was thanking God for, 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 for healing me um, have you ever seen when people are doing fundraisers and they'll you know have like a thermometer that they'll draw and they're coloring it in well imagine that instead of a thermometer imagine it being the, the outline of the human body I literally could lay in there and I can just feel literally from the top of my head just him flushing whatever it was that was in my system and flushing out to one point as it was happening I could feel my upper body actually being warmer than my lower body as, as I could just 
feel his healing just keep flowing and flowing and flowing. My fingertips, it got a nice tingly sensation to it, but it was a tingling sensation of, oh, yeah, I can, I can, it's, this is getting back to normal. This is how it's supposed to be. And then once that healing got down to my feet, just like that, I was out like a light and didn't get up until the, until the next morning. Okay? But it was that desire in that moment, as hard as it was, it was that desire in that moment to say, Lord, help me get through this because that's what's going to actually help you, help you overcome adversity. Amen? Okay, um, so desire is, is having that desire to walk with Christ is a way that you can start building the relationship with God. The next um, step into building a relationship with God is communication. So turning your Bibles into First Thessalonians chapter five. You know, and, and, I'm, and going back to desire there for a minute, if you've ever listened to, um, if you ever listened to an athlete or anyone that's in a managerial position of power, giving an interview or anything like that, and, and, and they're asked, well, how do you get through it? How do, how do you do that? Why do you come to work in every, each and every single day to deal with all the headaches that you have? How is it that you were over to, able to overcome the situations in that game to actually win? What all of them will tell you is because I just, I'm just passionate about what I do. I love what I do. That's why I get up every single morning to go to work. That's why when this game looks like it's getting pretty crazy, thinking about the Civil War, um, for those of us here in Oregon, you know, um, thinking about, ah, you know, this isn't looking, this isn't looking too good, but why is it that you keep fighting and why do you keep scratching and clawing? It's because of that passion of, I just, this is part of the job, so to speak. This is what I love to do. So as a Christian, you have to recognize that part of the job of being a Christian is that you're going to go through adversity, but also that means you have to have a relationship with your father so talking about dwelling you can't dwell in God if you're not if you don't have a desire to follow him okay so now we're going to get into communication so first Thessalonians chapter 5 we're going to start in verse 16 okay 1 Thessalonians 5 chapter 16 rejoice always Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil, or abstain from the, from the appearance of evil. Okay? So, when God talks... He can talk through multiple ways. And if you look at scripture um, as, a, as a whole, as you're reading, you see that God doesn't just talk to you directly. Okay? He talks through people. Hence, going to church. He'll speak through pastors. He may speak through other members of the church. Okay? Prophecies, that stuff, that's the, the, those are things that are coming from, from people. He speaks through his word, his living word. Okay? So that's the way that, that God talks to you, through music. Many, many different ways that God, that God talks to you. So you've got to understand that um, if he's going to talk to you those, those different ways, you've got to be able and be willing to actually listen. Okay? Which we'll talk about listening here um, in, in, in a bit. But he talks in, in many different ways. Um, verse 16, rejoice always and pray without ceasing. The example I was using about my wife and I when we were, um, when we were dating and us talking and emailing and, or texting and everything like that, okay? That, in essence, quote-unquote, is praying without ceasing. For us talking to God, 
we have to constantly be in a, in a place of where we want to talk to him and, and, and be willing to listen. So as my wife and I developed develop our relationship, it was constant talking, okay? It was talking about, well, what do you like to do? What do you like? What do you dislike? What are your favorite foods? All of those little things to be able to understand who is she as an individual and who am I as an, as, as an individual. Well, it's the same thing with God. The only way to do that, though, is by praying, okay? Nonstop, nonstop prayer. Now, that doesn't mean that you walk around like a robot and you're just praying 24-7 and you can't talk to anybody and say, sorry, don't talk to me. I'm praying right now. That's not what that means, okay? But even quietly, I know I find myself in between meetings sometimes just saying a quick prayer, even though I'm going from my office to, you know, 10 seconds away to, to a meeting or before someone's coming into my office and meeting, I make sure that I, that, that I pray. At times I'll be in the meeting and there's something maybe talked about and I may just sit there and just say a, a quiet prayer because I'm not sure what's going on. I'm getting this feeling in my spirit that I can't quite put my finger on. And so even in there, I'll just say, I'll just say a quick prayer. Nobody knows that I'm, that I'm doing it. And there's been times when I've actually kind of put my head down and just kind of rub my head like this and close my eyes for a second. Um, but you know, no one knows that I'm actually doing that. But that's part of that praying without ceasing. That's talking to God. When you're waking up in the mornings, what are you doing as well? Do you, is the first thing you're t- saying to God is, hey, good morning, God, just like you would with your spouse. You wake up, hey, good morning, how's it going? I do the same thing with God. Good morning, Lord, thank you for waking me up and, you know, keep us all safe and I'll go through, through all my prayers. But then I'm, I'm, I'm constantly talking, I'm talking with him. Um, in verse 20, um, do, do not despise prophecies. Elsewhere in scripture, it talks about um, test the spirits. So if you hear a prophecy that comes forward, okay, know that some prophecies may be challenging you as an individual because in order for you to get where God needs you to be, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, okay? In order for you to take that next step in, in Him, whatever that next step might be, you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and what I like to say at times is put off that older man, so to speak. So this is not the man that, that, that was there when, 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 uh, before you became saved, but this is that, okay, this is that old man that was comfortable with this I'm shedding you and I'm stepping over here now because this is what God wants me to do. So you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, so if you hear a prophecy, the spirit said, the, the word says, test the spirits. One of the things that I do that I started doing is I'll, and I'll actually record them, record the prophecies on my phone, and I go back and I listen to them. And I shared with you guys about a year ago um, about a promotion that I received um, received at work, and how several months before that there was a prophecy around that, that as long as you follow me, I will bless you beyond your wildest dreams, and I know where you want to be, but things are going to happen in my time. Stay focused on me. And then sure enough, several months later, I was standing there giving you guys a testimony about a, a major promotion uh, promotion that I received. So don't despise the prophecies, but test the spirits to to make sure that that what's being said is actually of God. Okay, Uh, verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. I've heard many Christians and what I would say is as Christians in leadership positions. So, you know, folks that are on deacon boards or even some some ministers there that will go out and they will hold some sort of event in front of a bar. Or in front of a biker bar. And they'll set up tables inside the bar and say, yep, we're going to go in there and we're going to witness. I'm not saying that God didn't call them to do that because God can do whatever he wants to do. But if you feel like you're being called to do something like that, it's very, 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 very important that you really make sure that that's the Holy Spirit guiding you. Because you don't know who's watching you when you walk into that bar to go deliver 
the good word, okay? There could be somebody that may be thinking about going to that bar that day and then watch you go in there and say, why would I give up my Sunday morning to go to church when you're going in that bar and you're doing the same thing and they have no idea why you're actually going in there? So you better use some Holy Spirit wisdom because that right there is not abstaining from the appearance of, of evil. It really looks like you're, you're, you're acting like the world and you're behaving like the world, okay? So making sure that... You're really checking with Holy Spirit, um, which is part of communication before you do anything. Um, Next uh, on communication, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're going to start in verse 1. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, underline diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to carefully uh, to, caref- uh, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. I'm going to pause there for a second there. So, communicating again, alright? If you really, 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 really want that close walk with God, you have to listen to what He's telling you. Okay? You have to diligently obey his voice. Okay? So you can't just sit there and talk to him all day long and just pray to him and say everything that you want to say to him and then shut it down and then go on about your day. You have to be able, you have to listen to him. Okay? Verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. So the fruit of your body, your children, are going to be blessed if you follow God. Okay? If you don't think that's true, look at where we are today because of what the decision that Adam and Eve made in the garden before any of us, well before any of us were born, okay? We were thrust into sin based off of their decision. You can look at the line of Ishmael and Isaac, okay, Abraham's two sons, and see how that has led to, to, to events of today um, uh, um, over, over the, the, the course of many, 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 many years, all right? Um, that's why it's important that any kind of soul ties that you have to the past, you break those and you, and you rebuke those in the name of Jesus because you don't know what someone prophesied or what someone did several, several generations ago that leads to what you do today. And you see it in movies all the times and it sounds, sometimes it sounds like it's far-fetched, but it's not, okay? That's why it's important to, to, to follow God, especially if you're raising a family because everything that you do is going to have an impact on those kids and and the grandkids and the great grandkids, etc., etc., all the way down the line. Okay, so here, right there, in verse four, blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Okay, the the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds. We don't live in a society where we um, where we do things with uh, by trading goats and, and and animals and things like that. We do it with money. So this is talking financial increase is going is going to happen. God's going to bless your finances. God will bless your house. God will bless that car that's got a million miles on it that's ready to break down any moment. Or should have broken down ten years ago, but it's still working now because God, because you're putting you're putting God first and you're listening to His voice. Okay, 
Uh, verse 5. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out you they shall come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you and your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord uh, the Lord God has given you. Um, underline all of verse eight and put in in um, in your margin there. Write a promise because that that I mean you, you got to hold on to that. I mean God is saying right there if you listen to my voice I'm gonna bless everything that you do everything that you touch and I will bring you to where it is that I'm going to take you. Okay. Verse seven there I want to talk about a little bit as well. Enemies that rise against you. Okay. Interesting thing about how that how that scripture is written there. Any time you get attacked, usually it's you can you can for the most part you can see it and it's one and it's one way. Okay, so what this is saying here is that if I go and I come against Nick, he's going to see me and I can have whoever is with me come to coming to attack. He's going to see me coming at at him. But when he goes to God and he starts rebuking everything, we're not going to run back and retreat the same way we came. We're going to get scattered abroad. Okay, so really, really, really visualize that in your mind what that would look like is if your enemies come at you one way when you start rebuking them in the name of Jesus, God is going to scatter them and they're just going to, they're not going to know where they, where it is that they're going to go. All they know is that I need to get out of Dodge, but where are you going? They won't know that. So they're just going to just start fleeing and they're just going to be scattered. They're going to be confounded. Almost like the Tower of Babel when God said, Let's, let us go down there and confound their language, okay? They were on one accord, but then after that, they weren't. Okay, so when, when, he, when, when your enemies come against you and you're listening to God and you're doing exactly what he's telling you to do, they're going to scatter um, and be very confused confused about what's going on because they don't realize who who your God is okay um, so again it's important for them from communication that it's not just the one-way talk and there's a lot that we could talk about regarding communication there okay so it's not just constantly praying and just talking to God and then moving on to the next thing it's having that time that time to listen so if you're one that plans your day and you plan that this time of the day I'm going to actually sit down and get into prayer make sure you factor in the time to actually listen so make sure you can hear what he has to say to you whether it's through something he's saying to you directly or if you're looking from for confirmation from 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 other people um, there's been several situations where I was praying about something like oh, I'm not sure if I should do this or not and just randomly out of the blue someone that has no idea about the situation doesn't know i'm a christian will say something to me and i'm like huh it's almost like you know exactly what's going on in my head and this is only the second time you and i have ever spoken okay but it was that confirmation and then taking that back to god and saying lord this is what i think i'm hearing so here's the steps that i'm going to take and what i have found is when i've done that god will sit back silently because he's saying yep that's what you that's exactly what i need you to be and i will talk to you again when i'm ready for you to take that next step so you You've already identified what that step is. And so I'm saying, yep, go ahead. And then when you get to that place where I need you to take another step, I'll come back and I'll talk to you again. But keep me, keep me, basically keep me in the loop. Keep me um, um, part of it. So when you've got that desire to follow God and then you start working on having uh, that communication, which really helps you learn, uh, learn about who he is and how he operates, then that puts you in a place of starting to trust him and to be able to build that trust and for him to be able to trust you. So let's take a look, uh, look at some last few scriptures here. Go to Isaiah 31.
Now we're talking about trust. So we've talked about having desire for God. We've talked about having two-way communication with God. And now we're talking about trust. Isaiah 31 verse 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. Double underline that second part there. But who do, who do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. Yet he is also wise and will bring disaster and will not call back his words. Elsewhere in Scripture, God says, My word shall not return unto me void, but will rise against the house of evildoers and against the help of those who work iniquity. Now the Egyptians are men and not God. Now the Egyptians are men and not God. Underline that. Now the Egyptians are men and not God. And their horses are flesh and not spirit. Scripture also says that, you know, um, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, um, but, but why, why, why fear? What can man do to me? Okay? So, the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps will fall, and he who is helped will fall down. They all will perish together. For thus the Lord has spoken to me, as a lion roars and a young lion over his prey, when a multitude of shepherds is summoned against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor be disturbed by their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight for Mount Zion and for his hill. Okay, going back up there to verse 1, who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. So when you think about this, having this relationship with God and, and building this trust, the question really is, is who do you go to and what do you look at when you have a situation going on in your life? You got this bill to pay. You've got collectors calling you nonstop because they're saying, hey, we need this money. You're trying to buy a house and you're trying to save. What do you look at? Do you constantly look at your bank account to see how many zeros you have there? Are you constantly looking for a new job because you want to make uh, have a six-figure salary because you think that that's going to solve all your all your problems? Are you going out on Amazon and looking for these um, self-prosperity books about how you can turn one penny in and in six weeks you'll have you know you'll you'll have a million-dollar salary? Well, the ones that I love to see is every time I'm I'm on a um, a sports page and I'm you know reading a, an article on there and I'm kind of looking at some of the comments i love how every two or three comments there's something on there that says i made eight thousand dollars in one week by working from home you should click on this link <laughs> you know so are you going there trying to find that easy way out when you have a when you have a problem are you looking for the highest person on the totem pole that you can go to to have them actually solve the problem or are you are you are you recognizing that they are men and they're not god and that you're actually going going to god so if you're showing if you if you have that desire to really have that close walk into to, and to dwell within God, and you're communicating with Him, then and He and you're allowing Him to communicate with you. You should be able to trust the fact that He's the one that you need to that you need to go to. Okay, He's the one that you need to go to, and not looking at at, at everything else. All right. Um, last scripture here is Proverbs chapter three. And the other wonderful thing about um, Isaiah 31 there is, is 
you see there what, what happens when people come against you. You know, when those situations come against you, God himself comes down and, and, and fights for you. So that should be enough right there to know that he's going to deliver me and I should be able to be able to trust him. And trust goes two ways, right? You can't just trust an individual and they can't trust you. Well, the same thing with God. You can't just trust God without him also trusting you. So the level, and so even though these are broken down in steps, it's almost, they're all intertwined into building into building a close relationship because the more and more you communicate the more and more desire you have the more and more you listen the more and more you two are able to trust each other because then it gets to a point where God can say you don't even have to come to me I'm going to go ahead and tell you something before you even before you even come to me but he has to know that you that you're diligently seeking him and then that you're listening to what he's going to what he's going to uh, going to say okay so uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and again, we're going to go into starting in verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the, ta- on the tablet of your heart. And so, and, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. A lot there, okay. Um, I just want to go back to verse 2 there. For length of days and long life and peace shall it add to you. Okay. If you're on the highway, okay, and you're driving or whatever it is that you're driving, how do you react when you see a police car on the side of the road? No lights on. He's just sitting there. And he looks like he's observing traffic. Do you just keep on driving, or does your foot shift from the gas over to the brake to slow down, right? Then what happens in your chest? Do you feel your heart pounding (laughs) a little bit? And everybody here is laughing, including mine. So we all we've all been there, right? Or does and does your heart start to race a little bit because you're wondering? And you look in your rearview mirror as you go by him and trying to see is he pulling out? Oh my gosh, right? You're looking here because he because maybe he caught me and he might not even been watching. He may just be sitting there, you know, doing something else. But that's Stress that happens, okay, is similar. It's, it's the same thing in the spirit world, okay? If you're not following God's law, spiritually, you're going to be under stress, which then is going to translate into physical stress, which then means that you, have, you run the risk of shortening your days on this earth. If you ever have known anyone or have uh, seen anyone that's done time in, time in prison, um, you look at what their age is and what they actually look like. Typically, they look a lot older than what their actually age is because the stress of being in prison or the stress of constantly breaking the law and looking over their shoulder. Um, if you've ever known anyone that's been in a gang and operating, which, of course, their, their actions are illegal, uh, but if they're out there selling drugs and they're constantly looking over their shoulder or they're look, thinking a rival gang member is, is looking for them, that's not following the law, and so it builds stress, okay? 
Okay, and it ends up uh, shortening their life. That's what God is saying here. It's the same exact thing. Spiritually, if you don't follow my law, you're going to live in a state of quote unquote spiritual stress, which means it's going to shorten your life here on on earth. Okay, you're not going to have peace because you're not going to be able to sleep at night because you've got all these things that are going on in your head, and the devil just keeps planning more and more and more, and you're not going to have you're not going to have any peace. So it's important to be able to follow. To follow God's law so that you're not living a, um, a stressful life. If you look in verse 6 there, in all ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So again, that's getting the communication. That's the listening part of the communicating. Let him direct your path. No one, you cannot be directed by anybody if you are not going to listen. Okay? Hearing is one thing. Listening is something totally different. It's easy to hear. You all hear me right now, what I'm saying, because I've seen different facial reactions and everything. So you hear me. Whether or not you listen is a whole other thing. It's what you do with what you hear that determines whether or not you actually listen. So God can talk to you all day long. The question is, are you actually listening or are you just hearing what he's, what, what he's saying to you? Okay? So you've got to be able be able to listen. Verse nine: Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits uh, of all your increase. Okay. Scripture in Malachi says that um, test me now to see if I won't open up the windows of heaven um, large enough for you to be able to be able to receive it. So that's trust. What God is saying there is that if you don't think I'm going to do this, try me. Go ahead. You got that last $20 and that's got to last for the rest of the month. And here we are the second day of the month and you've got, you know, 28 more days to go. Go ahead, put that $20 in that, in, in, in that tithe for, for me. Give it to me and see if I don't bless you when you, when, when you get home. Or see if I won't bless you when you, when you actually need me to bless you. And you've got to look at that in, in the totality of understanding that God will move the way he sees fit. So it doesn't necessarily mean that if you do something today that all of a sudden, bang, you're going to see it. You have to, you, you got to trust him. And you'll start to see as you build that trust, when you stop worrying about how long it's going to take you to get through that situation, you get to a point and you're saying, I'm not worried about it because it'll come through at some point. I think I've shared with you guys before, I had a situation many years ago that took me 12 years to actually um, get resolved. And once I actually sat down and said, all right, Lord, you know what? I'm going to not focus on this. I'm going to do my part. You let me know what I need to do. 12 years later, situation situation was resolved. And I don't know what point in time um, I, I stopped figuring out or trying to figure out how long this has been going on. I just remember sitting back one day and just thinking, I said, Wow. Look where I'm at right now. Oh, praise God. That's, that's incredible. And then I was able to backtrack and do the math. When did this first start? Oh, it started back here. Okay? So, that, but that's that, that's that trust. You've got to be able to, to listen to God. You've got to do exactly what he, what he tells you to do. And then that's how you have that, 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 closer walk, that closer walk with him. So, again, in summarizing, um, you can't just automatically just push a button or flip a switch and then you've got this, you're dwelling in God and, and, he, and he's dwelling in you and his word is dwelling in you. You've got to put some work into it. Faith without works is dead. So you can't just say, I have faith that I'm going to have a relationship with God. But then you don't talk to him. You don't have a desire to know him. You don't listen to what he says and then you don't, you don't trust him. Without those things, it's impossible to have that deep, that, that deep walk with God. Amen. With that, let's go ahead and get ready to prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.